Thanks, Es. Um, I'm just going to start with just something I felt God might be saying during the worship. Um, a, f- a few months ago, I turned on my phone, and if, it's a posh one now, um, and it said, face not recognised. <laughs> I found that very disturbing. But it came back into my head whilst we were worshiping, and I just felt God might be saying that actually he recognises all of us. He's got us, and he, whatever you feel in your kind of relationship with God, or if you have a relationship with God, he recognizes you. He was the designer. He is the designer, and he's got you. So I just want to start by throwing that out there. Um, but today we're going to be continuing to look through the book of Philippians in the New Testament, And we're picking up the second half of chapter 2, which Ben covered last week, um, not this Ben, but another Ben, um, last Sunday, which I encourage you to, if you weren't around, to catch up on our website. There's also a kind of a a discussion thing called Connected, which asks a load of questions that help us unpack a little bit more of what Ben was sharing. Um, But before we do, I want to, the first, what is the first thing? that you think of when you hear the word shine. Now, I think of things like stars, sunlight, diamonds, rocks, sparkle, strictly come dancing, (laughs) shimmer, dazzle, some old pop songs. Our culture nowadays revolves around shiny stuff. Around movie stars, musicians, celebrities who aim to put on their social media, on their Twitter, on their Instagram, on their TikTok accounts, the most shiny, beautiful bits of their lives. And I would suggest that we get sucked into that. That's really tricky. But what does it mean to shine? By definition, shine means to be bright by the reflection of light. Shining is about reflecting. And when we follow Jesus... Our lives look different to the rest of the world. And today, I'm asking two questions that I'm going to put out there as we look through the book of Philippians. And the two questions is this. Is it time to shine? And who is standing with you as you shine? So have those questions in your head um, as we read the passage um, in a mo. But So Paul... Um, who was the writer to this letter, of this letter that we're going to read. He was in prison um, when he wrote this letter. It was written to Christians in the um, the city of Philippi, uh, which is a really prosperous city um, in northern Greece. And it was located, um, this is a bit of history, um, located on the Ignatian Way. And that was um, part of the east-west trade route which led to Rome. So Paul was this master church planter that managed to plant churches in really strategic locations across the Mediterranean world. And this city of Philippi um, had been designated a Roman colony. It was granted, which means it's granted the same status for its citizens as those who lived in Rome. Roman soldiers retired there. And Paul's letter was written with love and affection to a church that he founded in this Roman colony called Philippi. 
And that's where we are kind of jumping into, again into the book of Philippi in chapter 2. And we're going to look from verse 12 initially and later on, um, a little bit later on, we're going to look at from verse 19 onwards. So we're reading and hopefully it'll be on the screen or um, also if you've got it in your Bibles or on your phones. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without a fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine amongst the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. For even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice, and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So in this letter, Paul is referring back to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy, in a song where Moses says this, in Deuteronomy 32. Moses says this, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I praise the greatness of God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. His ways are just. A faithful God does no wrong and upright just as he. They are corrupt and not his children. To their shame, they are a warped and crooked generation. Paul already is comparing to the people of Israel wandering in a wilderness journey as described in the Old Testament. He wants the Christians in Philippi to become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. He doesn't want them to be wandering in a wilderness. He wants them to be blameless and pure children of God. He wants the Philippians to live lives according to really different standards and values of the rest of society. Already in the book of Philippians, he's, in chapter 1, he said to the, the, the Christians there to be loving, to abound in knowledge and wisdom, to be united with one another, to stand firm in the face of persecution, to live lives worthy of the gospel. In the opening verses of chapter 2, which we heard last week, he encourages the Philippians to love one another, to be humble, to look to the interests of others before themselves. And today he encourages them to avoid complaining and arguing. Already he's wanting to transfer, transform this kind of church to be a different people to what the people of Israel were. In the message translation of these verses, in verse 14, it says, helpfully says in a, in a different way, do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering. No second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of a good living and of the living God. Carry the light. Carry the light giving message into the night. So Paul, writing in a prison, probably a really dark prison, 
possibly facing execution under the Emperor Nero. He was suffering from Christians within Rome who were slandering him. He was writing with an opposite spirit to how he was being treated, to where he was living in darkness. Now, how do we do that in our lives? I know for many of us, we struggle. I might, maybe you're not different to me, but sometimes we struggle to watch or read the news. We struggle to watch because darkness in our culture today, whether it's poverty, whether it's racism, whether it's abuse, whether it's inequality, suicide, mental health crisis, many more injustices. In, particularly in the last year, it saddens me to hear these darknesses within the church, in the UK church, in the global church. People are broken and scarred. And Paul is speaking not just to the church in Philippi, but to the church here, to the church in the UK to the, and across the globe. Daniel Strickland um, is a Christian author, speaker, and she recently um, spoke about those who are suffering from abuse, who've been victims of abuse. And she says this, survivors are light bearers who help us know the truth. May light keep leading us to repentance. May we be on the side of the outcasts with the abused. May we let Jesus lead us, into, lead us out of our fear into freedom. May God be known by the way we love. And I'm guessing for everyone here, or those watching online or catching up sometime, one of those darknesses that I just quoted currently is on our doorstep. It affects us directly or indirectly. The question is, is it the time to shine? To carry a light-giving message into the night? And I believe it is. In Psalm 19 verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. It's time to shine like the stars in the heavens. Declaring, reflecting God's glory. Proclaiming by the way we live our lives of how he works. That's what it means by shining like stars. Jesus himself encourages in Matthew 5 on the Sermon of the Mount to be light in the world. He puts it like this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light Bring out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers. You don't need to hide under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be open to others. You'll prompt people to open up to God this generous father in heaven. Jesus is saying, it's time to shine. It's time to be light bearers in our society, in our culture. Our personal response is to recognize we have brokenness inside us. The Bible calls it sin. The stuff in us 
that we need to lay down. Coming to Jesus and saying, I give you this. You take this at the cross. And letting his light break into that darkness. Now, I'll be honest, sometimes this is a long journey. Sometimes we wrestle in darkness till dawn breaks out. We wrestle in darkness until dawn breaks out. There is a lyric of a really old song um, that says, you've got to kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. You've got to kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. We wrestle sometimes till dawn breaks out. A few years ago, um, I remember going down a coal mine in Wales, the, um, the Big Pits coal mine there. And, and it's probably the only time in my life that I've ever experienced complete darkness. When you go down in the coal mine, you get out of that cage thing and you go along a little bit and then they say, turn off your headlamps. And everybody turns on off their headlamps. Your eyes didn't get used to it. You could still just see nothing. It didn't adjust or anything. It was just darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. If you put on one of those lamps, it would light up the whole coal mine. When everyone put on their lamps, the darkness was pushed out completely. It's not just an individual thing. It's about who is standing with you as you shine. Who, is, who have you been championing? Who have you been cheering on and saying, shine brighter? Who has been doing that to you over years? Let's read the rest of Philippians 2 because we will see who Paul has been championing. Who Paul has been saying is standing with him to shine brightly. In, cha- in verse 19... We read this, and I hope in the Lord Jesus to send you Timothy to you soon, that I would also, I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him. You will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Because as a son with his father, he has served me with the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epiditus. I'm going to call him Epat for a while. (laughs) I've practiced that word all day, all week. My brother, co-worker and fellow worker who is also a messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you had heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill. He almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also with me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety." So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you you yourselves could not give me. 
So we have two people here that, that Paul is saying he's championing them. They are people who are standing with him to shine. He's encouraging the, the church at Philippi to welcome them, to inc- stand alongside them. And Timothy, firstly, Timothy, he was one of Paul's closest friends. He's often mentioned in other letters in the New Testament, the Bible. And Paul met Timothy in Lystra, where he founded a church. His mum, called Eunice, was a Jewish. His dad was Greek. But he probably became a Christian because of Paul's ministry. And Timothy was highly regarded in the church. And Paul invited him to be part of his head team. But he was young and he was lacking in confidence. In 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Timothy was on Paul's team. On Paul's team to shine brightly. Timothy's loyalty, his help was so great that in this letter to the church in Philippi, Paul describes him like a son with his father. Paul says he's loyal, he's genuinely concerned for you. He's authentic, he's the real thing. He, Paul compares all the self-interest that's going around. Paul says about Timothy, most people around here are looking out for themselves but not Timothy. Paul says he served with me for the work of the gospel. He's championing in Timothy. He's saying that he's looking to send his best, to be shining like stars in the darkness. We need to champion others around us, calling out the best in others. The more lights that are on, the more darkness disappears. I came across this quote again, which I found a few years ago, about characters right throughout the Bible. Abraham, he was old. Jacob, insecure. Leah, unattractive. Joseph had been abused. Moses Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab, immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family stuff. Elijah was suicidal, Jeremiah depressed, Jonah reluctant, John the Baptist eccentric to say the least, Peter impulsive, hot-tempered, Martha worried a lot, the Samaritan woman had several failed marriages, Zacchaeus was unpopular, Thomas had doubts, Paul had poor health, Timothy was timid, but God used all of them in his service. God takes all all kinds of people to shine brightly. Get that in you. Don't write yourself off. Then he champions Epap, as I'm calling him. He was a messenger sent by the Philippian church to support Paul in his imprisonment. He was a loyal friend to Paul and to the church. His true character comes across both in big stuff and little stuff. Having become seriously ill, almost to the point of death, Epap is troubled. Not because he's ill or close to death. Not because he's ill or close to death, but because the church might be worried, might get upset by that. 
He was like those people that when you're ill, when they're ill, they're not much, much worried about the illness themselves, but by the fact they might be a burden to family and friends. Paul describes Epat as a brother, co-worker, fellow soldier, someone who was prepared to risk his life for the sake of his friend. That's the kind of people I want alongside me. Those are the kind of people I want championing, that I want to be championed, that I am championed by. People who risk their lives for the sake of, Paul, of their friends. That, that expression in, about risking his life for the sake of Paul can also be cham- translated as gambling his life. Epap gambled his life by associating himself with Paul. Paul was in prison, he was on a serious charge, so he, he was risking, by going to him, he was risking his life by being associated with Paul. He lives out Jesus' kind of ministry. Jesus became obedient to the point of death. Epap became obedient to Jesus to the point of death. It sounds like someone that you want to be with. Someone with reckless courage. Another champion. We need to do this shining in the darkness together. And as I come towards the end, I want to ask that question again. Is it the time to shine? And who is shining with you? Who are you championing him? Who are you, um, who has been championing you? I can think of several people over the years who have championed me over and stuck with me. And I'm grateful. I want to do it better myself and be more consistent. I want to learn from those who've done that with me. But who is going to be those people who are encouraging you to shine? In this church, in your friendship groups, People that you know that might not be even around now. Encouraging you to shine brightly. That's what we're called to be. The darkness is huge. Turning on one lamp gets rid of some of the darkness. But together, all turning on the lamps together dispels the darkness. I just want us to take a moment to pray. To say, God, I'm open to you. I'm open to you, Holy Spirit, to work in me. To let God's light shine into dark places that might be in us. But let his light shine out of us and through us.